Okay, this may be the craziest episode of the Ortho Show that I've ever recorded. We have this remarkable guest, Lou Schoen, foot and ankle orthopedic surgeon from Baltimore. Uh, he has a great history of how we started foot and ankle. Uh, it was a very uh, unpopular specialty when he went into it in the late 80s. And uh, he is very passionate about, about the foot and ankle. And we talk about saber-toothed tigers. He blows a shofar. He winds up on the stage as a lead singer for the Foo Fighters at Fenway in 2015. I mean, this guy's got so many crazy stories. I don't even know where to go. It will be entertaining. You're going to like it. Hashtag follow the fro. This episode of the Ortho Show podcast is brought to you by ModMed. Envisioning a world where the orthopedic software we build increases practice success and improves patient outcomes. ModMed offers an intelligent ortho-specific cloud platform of healthcare IT solutions that help surgeons and staff save time, drive efficiency, and elevate patient experiences. To learn more and see a demo of the number one EHR system, EMMA, as well as practice management, revenue cycle management, analytics, patient engagement tools, and more, visit modmed.com slash orthopod. That's modmed.com slash orthopod. ModMed. It's about time. Hello world, Dr. Scott Sigmund, your favorite opioid sparing orthopedic surgeon here for another episode of the Ortho Show podcast, where we bring you the best of the best. We are back to orthopedic surgeons and we are going back to my hometown in Baltimore, Maryland. And we have Dr. Lou Schoen on today, who's an orthopedic surgeon, who's a foot and ankle uh, specialist. He's the director of orthopedic innovation at the foot, uh, of foot and ankle reconstruction at Mercy Medical Center. He's also a clinical professor of orthopedics at NYU Langone, associate professor at Johns Hopkins. And yes, he is an actual rock star. Lou, it is a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's awesome. Now, we are only audio here, but it's a shame that we don't have video because one of my big things is hashtag follow the fro. You can't really see because my headphones have me compressed right now, but it's not often that I have the second best hair on the ortho show because, dude, you're rocking a great fro there. We love it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> and, and the bow tie goes great, too. All right. So let's start off. What we usually like to do, Lou, is, is talk a little bit about, you know, why orthopedics for you? Where, where were you born? You know, how did orthopedics and becoming a doctor become a passion? Yeah. So I was uh, born in uh, Manhattan. Uh, we were in the Bronx at the time. And uh, my father uh, was a dentist and my mom was a teacher. And uh, so, you know, I had a pretty diverse exposure to, to different fields. Um, and uh, quickly decided that uh, my dad's friends who were dentists and, and doctors were the coolest. Of course, <laughs> when you're five years old, you know, that's kind of very relative. Um, and, um, and then when I was six, I thought uh, we, I would be uh, a doctor. Uh, it, I thought the limited scope of dentistry might you know, kind of thwart my um, creativity. So I, I just said, well, let me go, let me go broader. And we could always come back to the mouth. 
um, and, and that so let that be uh, a, kind of a backup career. Well, so then you go to NYU and you do your residency in NYU. And was it during residency that you decided that, you know, because to be perfectly honest, nobody was going into foot and ankle. It really wasn't even a real, you know, full specialty in the late eighties, which is when you were in your residency. So, so how did you decide that, you know, foot and ankle, was it early on in that process of of residency or, or no? Yeah, no, I, I had pretty much, uh, I was interested in foot, even though I was going to go into peds and psychiatry. But then when I did orthopedics, and, and the, the whole a light bulb thing, just it just it just exploded. It wasn't like it turned on. It exploded. And I was like, wow, I, I saw a textbook that my chairman in Albany wrote a chapter in. And one of the areas that I subspecialize is in Charcot neuropathic arthropathy. And in this chap in this book written by this guy, Mel Joss, one of the professors at NYU, um, there was a, a, a chapter by a Jim San Marco on dance, dance and, and all the mechanics of the foot is like, oh, my God, that's it. So I and then the whole book uh, had, you know, the great these great foot and ankle experts from around the world. But half of them were from or affiliated with a hospital for joint disease NYU. And I said, that's where I got to go. And. Uh, and I, when I told them that at the interview at um, the hospital for joint disease, they kind of snickered because at that time it was so sexy to do a joint replacement and, and hand surgery was like, that's the coolest thing. That's like, that's like almost brain surgery, you know, but, but in your, but on your extremity, you know, so it was like, Oh, that's really cool. And, and sports medicine while they were doing scopes and they're fixing athletes and people are, flying and doing all sorts of things that they couldn't do normally because they have new ACLs and they're jumping and they're going to, you know, they're, they're shooting six pointers and seven pointers, you know, it's like, that was great, but foot and ankle was like, not just like neutral. It was, it was a bit of a dud. Now foot and ankle surgeons are some of the most sought after fellowships to get, and then some of the most sought after positions in group practices, because there still are not as many people doing foot and ankle uh, as, as there are other specialties, as you pointed out. Right. And it's super fun. So we have, we have the whole gamut of the population to take care of. Sure. Kids. I mean, I take care of kids, you know, five, six sometimes, but mostly eight and up, up to people, you know, in their nineties. Uh, We take care of all sorts of etiologies, you know, uh, all sorts of disease, diabetes, rheumatologic diseases, endocrine diseases. Um, You know, uh, we take care of trauma, chronic trauma, overuse, degenerative conditions. It is the full scope of orthopedic practice in a very biomechanically complex organ made up of, you know, 28 bones there that that helps you to to move along the ground. And the ground is not so cool. The ground is like rocky and it's got, you got to jump over streams. You got little pieces of glass. You've got to, you know, sometimes you, you got to climb up a tree when the saber tooth tiger's coming at you, you better climb pretty quickly. And yes, we're glad we have our hands so that we can carry our little knife and, and maybe, you know, hold a drumstick in our hand, 
you know, and I mean a chicken drumstick, not a drummer drumstick. Okay, because I'm going back now. We'll we'll get to that. You're in saber tooth time. We're I going get prehistoric now. Yes, okay? I got you. I'm with We're you. Climbing with the you. tree because we had no choice, right? Right. right. So, so I want to I want to circle a few of the themes that I've been hearing as we've been talking today. So, I think that your right brain's probably as as more, if not functional, than your left brain with some music that we're going to talk a little bit about, and then uh, the movement of your feet that you've been talking about as well. So there was a story, and everybody knows, many people know of this story about about you, but I don't know that everybody does. So when I mentioned that you are an official rock star, you are a musician, you've been part of a band called The Stimulators, uh, and uh, you happen to one day get a call from uh, from uh, David Grohl or his manager that he was out in Sweden. And if everybody remembers who David Grohl is, he's the founder uh, and, and lead singer for the Foo Fighters and was the original drummer for Nirvana and apparently had an ankle fracture dislocation in Sweden uh, and had surgery and needed care back in the States. He gave you a call and you took over his medical care graciously and you provided him great care. And, and apparently he, is, he did very well. But somehow, some way, I guess he got wind of the idea that that you were as much of a musician as you were a foot and ankle surgeon and you had passion. And somehow, some way, you wound up on the stage in 2015 with the Foo Fighters. So, I mean, we'd love to hear this story because it is quite remarkable. Uh, and then, you know, the follow up in 2018 for Fenway as well. So, I mean, just just walk us through that you know, briefly, how that happened and, and what an experience it must have been. Yes. Well, yeah. So it, so I, I'm going to go back in time a little bit. So uh, my dad is a, uh, was a uh, musician and he, he paid his way through um, high school, college, dental school um, through his work as a band leader, singer, saxophone player. Uh, sometimes he played a flute, he played clarinet, he played some keyboards um, and and uh, we have a musical family. My sisters both sing um, and my grandpa loved to sing. And so it, it, music was part of our, our lives. Um, and uh, so growing up, I, I was in uh, I played piano. I played in the in school orchestra and pit band and jazz band and and even played in a rock and roll band. Anyway, so I also happened to um blow the ram's horn on um on uh the high holidays uh i'm give give us a blast can you give us a blast this this is not my my main one this is one that happens to be in my office but uh the one that i have is 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 better this is this is really kind of high-pitched and weird but i I, i'll blow this one anyway because you never you never go anywhere without your shofar of course takia i'll give you the blast go for it what do you got this is very high pitched. That is that is absolutely frotastic, and I can't thank you enough for blowing a shofar. You were the first guest on the Ortho Show to blow a shofar. Yeah, well, that's not the thank you, but that was not the sound I like. So that that's why it's here in the office. But I have several. I should probably up my game in the office. And um, so here I am back getting the call from uh, Dave's aunt, by the way, and. Uh, you know, Dave, Dave is, he's a family guy. He, he, he loves isn't, isn't his wife's family from Baltimore too. Yeah, isn't there a Baltimore connection? Baltimore, right. Yeah, so he yeah, had yeah. an aunt yeah. in Baltimore. Okay. Who was my patient. Okay. A lovely woman. 
And she was the first one that said, oh, by the way, you're a musician. My son-in-law, my, my uh, nephew-in-law is a musician too. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Of course, everyone's is. Who doesn't play, you know, the saxophone, right? Uh, and she goes, uh, yeah, his, his name is Dave Grohl. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And I was like, no way, no way, no way. And then I was like, it was like, I couldn't stop saying no way. So she, uh, so she, uh, you know, gave me some CD that he had done, you know, his uh, Sound, Sound City. And, um, and uh, then he, uh, he. So it's like, a, agent calls you or something, agent arranges yeah. for follow-up. And of right. course. So we, so, so we, we get the call. His aunt called him. He said, I can't, I, I can't come to the States. I'm going to get the surgery done. My friend, my friend in, in the UK did it. And then he flew back here and he had a big show in DC. So it all worked out. Um, we met in RFK stadium and it was um, in uh, July. And at that point it, um, I was, I'm practicing for my high holiday thing. Cause you can't just blow the show far. You brought don't don't you did not bring the shofar to RFK Stadium for your of, your appointment of, with David Grohl. Of course, you you don't go anywhere without your chauffeur <laughs> if you're uh, if you're what they call a baltakia. If that's your job, okay, your people don't want to think that you're coming in cold. All right, right? They, they depended on. So you got the shofar. You're, you're, I got you're the shofar. I got in my backpack. I got some you know bandages. I got some scissors. You know, I got. Whatever I need to take care of patients, um, I go down to RFK Stadium. I think it's July 4th uh, with a big show. And, um, and I'm hanging out in the uh, you know, dressing room backstage and uh, hanging out with the Foo Fighters and a bunch of other uh, performers and, and, of course, Dave. And we're you know, talking about things. Um, and... I think, you know, what maybe tripped, tripped him was, you know, just talking about everything because he's, he's a brilliant guy and he, he's, you know, very uh, thirsty for knowledge about all things. He, he's very interesting and interested um, and, and he's got a gift with thinking about people and talking to people and expressing things with people. I think he's a really good storyteller. Get his book. Um, and, um, so, uh, we're, we're hanging out, having a good time. It was fun. And one of the, his friends comes up when he's hanging out there and suddenly does this kind of dance around his foot and, and does kind of these, you know, these kind of movements around his foot. And, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. And Dave's like kind of laughing and they're laughing. And I said, you know, I, I like this. Great. I said, but, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to that a little bit. And I took out my shofar and I blew the ram's horn for him. I said, you know, you want a little extra spirituality. You want a little bit of that kind of primitive man, you know, dancing around you, making that ankle better. I'm, 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 I'm going to give you something else here. I'm going to blow the ram's horn and we're going to, we're going to, you know, call for some healing. And uh, so I did it and uh, I had my, my, my really good horn. Um, and uh and I think it was like, I think he, I think he really liked that. All right, so, so, so let me get this straight. So your first audition with the Foo Fighters is you blowing the shofar as a healing 
you know, sort of moment to help get his foot. So at this moment, you know, Dave's like, all right, who is this guy? This is really cool. This is awesome. And then you didn't, you didn't play on the first show, right? In RFK, you're doing no, your first yeah. exam. You're getting no. to meet him. You take down the dressing. Everything looks okay. You put the splint back on. And then I'm assuming you had to bring him back to the office for an x-ray eventually, right? Well, we had to bring him up. We had to do cast change and we had to do, yeah. we had to do stuff. So he drove up on his, on his, um, you know, in his, in his bus to the hospital, you know, we rolled him through. Everyone's like, I just saw Dave Grohl in the elevator. Was that Dave Grohl? I'm like, no, I don't think so. Anyway, it was pretty funny. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he's having a, he, he has a good time. You can tell he's having a good time, even though he was, you know, he's concerned about his ankle. So we then did that. And then we said, okay, we'll meet again. Uh, at in Fenway, we'll do a post-op there. I was coming out from my uh, American Orthopedic Foot and Ankle Society meeting. I, I actually just stepped off the board. Um, I've been president. I stepped off the board and I was had to get, I had to be there to the end of the meeting. We flew from Long Beach, California, all the way to Boston and we were delayed, missed the show. And I was a bit devastated. Now, I had a good time meeting Dave, and I really do enjoy the Foo Fighters. And my wife and I love music. My wife also is a musician. And um, my kids are musicians, by the way. So we have this whole music thing. So we, we were excited to catch the show. And we missed sure. the show. But okay. It's okay. So, we, um, so I get there. I check him out after the show. And, um, you know, we, we had to decide, you know, is this the time to be without, you know, taking more standing on it, doing stuff on it. We were, you know, we're kind of up in the game. We had to check it out. And, um, and he said, uh, we checked that out. He says, uh, so what are you doing tomorrow? I said, I got to go back. I've got surgery on Monday. Patients got a full day. So why don't you uh, see the show tomorrow night? And, um, you know, and, and we'll, we'll take care of a hotel and, and, and flight or whatever, just, you know, stay. And I was like, I, I, I got it. I got a full day. What he says, why did you stay and perform? I, and, and just like so, this. All right. So did he know about your, your music background with the stimulators in the band at that moment? He, well, he, in just in conversation to RFK, he knew, you know, I did, I loved rock and roll. He knew I played in a band, you know, he knew I was a father of five, you know, kids, including a rock and roll star. And he knew, you know, Erica was a musician. He, so he, he knew the music thing was in our, our blood. I, I don't, he had no clue except for the, 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 the chauffeur blowing, whether I could do anything musical. I mean, there was no performance. There was no, uh, you know, no dance, no singing. I mean, chauffeur blowing is, it's a spiritual act, is musical, but it's a spiritual act. Um, so th- based on that, he really felt that I should be part of the show. And I'm like, he felt no. your energy. So he, you know, you're an entertaining guy, Lou, in case you didn't know it. And you're, you're not the typical doctor. Uh, and so he probably got a sense of, you know, your ability to, to sort of have fun and entertain. Did you, now you must've, they must've given you a practice gig. You didn't just walk out on stage, right? Didn't you have a little bit of a routine before the show? So, you know, the reality is not really. So, uh, you know, so he, first of all, that night I was not having it. I was, I, I love rock and roll. I love to do my band 
we love to perform. We do graduations. We did a wedding. We did a bar mitzvah. We did uh, graduation things. We did other things. You know, we do group parties. Okay. But, but Fenway, you know, that's 38,000 people, 37, whatever the number is. I'm not counting, but I did count, by the way. But anyway, the, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, maybe not. And he's like, you must do this. I'm like, no. He says, you must do it. No. He said, don't you want to check this off? I'm like, no. And I'm like, check it off. What do you mean, check it off? I'm like, no. He said, check it off your bucket list. And I said, it's not on my bucket list. I said, I was, I'm honored, but I'm, I'm going to say no. He says, wait a minute. Standing in front of the Foo Fighters, in front of, you know, a full Fenway Park, is not on your bucket list. And he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm thinking, yeah, it it wasn't on my bucket list. And now I'm thinking it should be on my bucket list, but I'm like freaking out a little bit. Well, you got to pick, you got to pick a song, right? Yeah. That's what he says. So he says, he says, um, okay. So she says, I said, he wasn't going to take no. So he says, what songs do you do? And I'm like, now I'm thinking, oh my God, this is going to happen. So then I say, I do Lou Reed. I do Bob Dylan. I do some David Bowie. You know, that's kind of my genre. Um, And he's like, no, no, no. And it's not like I said, I'm doing Tony Bennett, Frank Sinatra, and, you know, a a Duke Ellington thing. I mean, I was, I mean, that's not, that's, those are not bad choices, but I, and I could do those things and I do those things, but I, he didn't want him. He's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, Oh my God. He well, you, asked, need a song, you need a song that you know the lyrics to. It's the night before. Right. So, so he's asking me to do this, and I'm doing him a favor, of course. So, <laughs> but like, I, right, you're right. So it should be a song that I love. Like, yeah, Velvet yeah, Underground. Know. But, and he's like, I'm saying Velvet Underground. He's like, what? Pale Blue Eyes, Satellite of Love. I'm like, no, like rock and roll. I mean, that's a great song. I wanted to do rock and roll. I want, I could have done, uh, done Sweet Jane. I mean, those are great. So anyway, he wasn't having it. So he goes, don't you do something Boston or Fenway? And I'm thinking now I've, now I've done it. I've deceived him somehow to thinking I've got 4,000 tunes up my sleeve. And he thinks I'm like doing weddings and bar mitzvahs for everybody. And I'm, you know, I got, I got a song list. It's a good one, but it's not that extensive. I'm thinking Boston and Fenway. I got a few songs, but no, I, I, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. I do seven nation army by the white stripes. And that's a stadium song. And it just like, it came to me. We're, so you're, you're, you're finally, you finally, you figure out the song. Everybody agrees on what song you're going to play. Do you do a little practice set, you know, just to sort of get a rhythm going on a little bit. You know, so we were just, supposed to. So that next day we met, we did orthopedic stuff at noon. He said, yeah. let's meet at six in the in the uh, in the uh, Red Sox dining, uh, Red Sox training area. And we'll 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 rehearse. I said, great. Six o'clock, eight o'clock show. We're going to be fine. I get there. No one's there. I text him. My wife's like going, don't bother him. Why are you yeah. bother? He doesn't <laughs> want to do this. He figures it's a bad idea. Don't bother him. So. So I rock stars don't show up on time. They got people for that. So he says seven. So we do seven. You know, he's not showing. Uh, Then he's seven thirty, and then Chris Shiflett's there. He's noodling around, and and 
I'm like, oh, is it okay if I play the keyboard? And Chris is like, mm, I'm trying to do my work here. Like the, he was very nice, but he was like, focus. He's getting ready for the show. Now, 7.30, okay, shows at 8. We start to be uh, escorted back to home base where the stage is set up, okay? And we're walking there, and I'm thinking, this is my worst nightmare. <laughs> I'm going to do my first, you know, international debut, Fenway, and, and it's going to be without a rehearsal. And, and this is like, and he might even change the song. Maybe he's going to want me to do something I don't do. So, so anyway, I didn't know. I get a call from Dave. Where are you? I'm like, I'm going backstage. Where are you? The show's come, you know, curtains up in, in, in two minutes. He says, we're rehearsing. I'm like, oh my God. So I'm running and I'm wearing my bow tie and it's hot. You know, when you're running, like, it's like a, you know, hundred, hundred yard dash. I'm running back to the area. I run up the stairs. Scully from Godsmack's doing School's Out Forever. Last two chords. <laughs> I'm running up there. Dave like goes, okay, you ready? I'm like, <laughs> I'm barely breathing. <clears throat> he, he uh, Rami Jaffe points to the keyboard because I was going to play and sing. And I'm out of breath. I'm almost passing out. And, and I say to Rami, you play. I'm just going to focus on the singing. I mean, I'm... The, the adrenaline sky high. We did it. We did it once through. And then we did kind of what we call the starts and stops just to kind of make sure we got it. The band is kind of so freaking relieved that it wasn't completely horrible. And Dave is <laughs> laughing. They're high-fiving. They're like, oh my God, this could have sucked really bad, but it's not terrible. And Dave's like, oh, okay, where are we going to put this in the show? He says, I know. We're going to um, we're going to uh, we're going to introduce uh, the members of the band. We're going to introduce uh, uh, we're going to introduce Nate. We're going to uh, we'll do. Uh, actually, I'm going to start with uh, Rami Jaffe. He's going to play some chords. We're going to have uh, Nate Mandel start playing. Uh, and then I'm going to have uh, I'm going to call you out there and we'll introduce you. And then we'll start with the riff going with the bass. Bum, 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 bum. And so we'll get that going and then I'll bring out the doctor. And uh, so I'm like, oh, my God. So that's what happened. So, the, you know, mid, mid set, you know, they're they're going strong. And he says, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, it's I'm going to introduce the band members, you know, <laughs> and then he, you know, Nate starts his riff. And I'm like, oh, my God, this stuff is happening. And I'm like, I'm freaking out a little bit. But. But it was right before I was going on. I'm like thinking, am I going to forget the words? What if I, what if they don't like my bow tie? Dude, dude, you crushed it. I mean, so Heather's going to post the, the, the YouTube video, which has about a million views. And you're up there with your white shirt and your bow tie on. Your fro is sky into the roof. And you owned that stage. You nailed your lyrics and you have a very unique sort of dance style as a lead singer and you're getting up there and doing all those moves that you move that you learned in union college when you were doing your dance classes and uh and you totally crushed it it was awesome and it lives in it lives forever you know so everybody can see it and then you're invited back in 2018 for a reunion tour if i'm not mistaken back to fenway and i'll tell you a funny story so we always prepare here at the ortho show for our guests and i'm always doing my research and checking it out i found the video 
and just randomly, my partner Dave Perbilla, who's our joint specialist, comes in and he's like, he's like, is that is that was that Lou Schoen from from the Foo Fighters? He's like, I, I was there. I was at that concert three years ago. It was awesome. He's like, and you're going to interview this guy? I'm like, totally. So I mean, what an amazing experience for you from the from the from the shofar to the stage of the Foo Fighters and uh, being an amazing orthopedic surgeon that that really may be the coolest foot and ankle surgeon on the planet. So Lou. Look, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be here today. You're, you're a unique individual on the planet, and you you made an amazing contribution to foot and ankle surgeries for so many of our younger uh, uh, people. And I know you're a great mentor. You're an innovator. You're a musician. You're a healer. Uh, so it's really a pleasure having you on the show. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, you know, I I would just tell other people my final little closing words is. You know, as whatever we do, whether profession you're in, keep your other professions, your other, you know, other things that you have done, keep them, keep them a little active, whether you are, you know, an artist or uh, a musician or you do some craft or whatever that hobby is that could have been a job, still keep it. You never know when it's going to come back for you. And it could be the most uh, incredible uh, sustaining force in your life. Um, and, and you never know when that will kind of rescue you and bring you to a new level. And, and not only is it great to do it just on a daily basis or weekly basis for your own little spirituality and, 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 and fulfillment, but it, there, there's, there's something else that could happen with it. And, and that's kind of what happened with music. You know, it was, it was a, a, a gift that uh, that kind of blossomed back to me in a, in the strangest way, and um, I think you know we're all people. We're not just what we do as a profession, and and you know having that ability to to do something different rounds you out and and allows you to integrate with the world in in different ways. That that's very fulfilling. So I recommend everybody keep keep. You keep your day job, but also keep your your hobby strong, and it will be uh, fulfilling for you in many ways. Lou, those are really great words of wisdom. You know, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on the show. This is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Till next time.